You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Josh Swallows. Josh Swallows. Josh Swallows. Everybody, it's me, Josh Lehman, and welcome back to Josh Swallows Broadway here on the Broadway Podcast Network. And I am thrilled to be sitting here with uh, somebody who is basically my little brother in this world. I've known him since he was in high school. This is Broadway's darling, Jay Armstrong Johnson. What's up, you guys? How you doing, babe? I'm so good. Good. Yeah, man. Yeah, right now you're starring as Raul in Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, you actually pronounce it Raul. Raul is the Spanish pronunciation. <laughs> We're in France, so it's oh, Raul. No, really? Actually. And I'm such a phantom nerd. <laughs> well. I guess I'm not nerdy enough. <laughs> Are you a fan? Ooh, is that what they call themselves? P-H-A-N, baby. Wow. Remember during hair, we used to call the, the, the fan base, what did they call themselves? Hairballs? Yeah. I think uh, we called them hairballs, but they took offense to that, maybe. Oh, oops. Sorry, kids. <laughs> um, well, uh, I, I think I, they I guess... call themselves the flower pots, actually. Oh, the flower pots. Right. Okay. Whatever. Good morning, Starshine. <laughs> we linger below. Yeah. Do we? I think so. So, Jay, how you doing? I'm really good. Good. Um, Now, we met. Do you remember the year? I think it had to have been either 2003 or 2004. Oh, my God. It was either my sophomore or my junior year of high school. So I think it was 2004. That's bonkers. Um, I was still pretty new to the city, and um, I booked. That's right. I booked. Sure did. um, Godspell at Casa Manana Theater in Fort Worth, Texas. So I went down there. Um, with a suitcase filled with dreams. And uh, that's where I met Jay, who was cast in the show as well. Because I also booked. Yeah, because you booked. <laughs> what uh, song did you do in that show? We Beseech Thee. Okay. We made it a rousing hoedown number. I vaguely remember that. But I was like dressed in like sports regalia, like really bright, like Texas Rangers, but like Dallas Stars knee pads right. and like a baseball cap. And they made me like bleach my hair like urine yellow wait i thought that you bleached your hair on your own no no no. that was fully a directorial decision no yeah so when i dyed my hair back to its original it might have been 2005 actually now that i'm thinking about it when i dyed my hair back it never quite got my original color back so because then i went like auburnish that's hilarious (laughs) i've been telling the story wrong for years i've been like i met this little bouncing gay ball (laughs) with highlighter yellow hair no i mean they Asked me to. They wanted me to look more youthful, I guess. 
more youthful. You're 16. I know. I was, I was 16. That's crazy. Hilarious. That's actually. so bonkers. Um, and that's where we fell in love. The first day the director uh, had us all How dare sing you? our audition songs. <laughs> How dare you? And I think I sang All Good Gifts because I did that in the show. And I was like, well, I'm going to sing this in the show or I'm not. So this is my 32 bars. Get into it. <laughs> And speaking of, at that audition, he was like, so what? It, it says that you can do funny voices. What are some funny voices? And I was like, I do a Gwen Verdon impersonation, <laughs> which oddly is also my Matthew Broderick impersonation. <laughs> I was like, mm, Bobby or Sarah Michelle or Sarah Jessica. That's her name. Oh. I'm sorry, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. And somehow they cast me. They did. I don't know why, but... Um, she were very good. Thank you. No, thank I you. I agree. Um, and <laughs> so I got to meet you, this brilliant you, and I fell in love with you. Why? Because I sang Dancing Through Life when you sang All Good Gifts? <laughs> yes. You sang Dancing Through Life as your audition song. As every 16-year-old gay boy and, is apt to do. But that moment, because I was new to Texas, so yeah. in my mind, I had all these... Um, sort of stereotypical ideas of what Texas was sure. like, you know, uh-oh, ding, ding, King baby Jesus, the Bible's in English, I was learn it, you know, that kind well, of thing. Well, well, not um, far from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> but for whatever reason, I created this story in my head of here's this poor gay boy in Texas. I don't even know if he, he knows that he's gay. He's probably severely abused and locked up <laughs> and his parents don't know that he's doing theater. They think he's at Bible camp, and it's up to me to protect him and nurture him. That is literally what I thought for years. I mean, like, yeah, gay, yes. 16, yes. Did I know it? Kind of. No, girl, you knew it. Yeah, well, around, around like the professional theater people, sure, I knew it because I was, I had other examples of like gay life and they yeah. were nice humans and they were talented and they were all the like Christian ideals that I was told to like look up toward to, wow. you know? But then I was completely straight at, in high school and at church. And I mean, I was literally leading a double life age 15, 16, 17. Oh, Jay. It was real fun, though. I remember that you couldn't really hang out with us because you were still in high school. Yeah. I believe I remember even like driving you home one time. Sure. Meanwhile, you were out drinking at downtown Fort Worth and like I was out drinking at a house party like down the street with my friends. Which is hilarious. <laughs> but we did eventually have a cast party at some rich per like some oh. rich woman in the cast married some oil person right and it's lived Catherine. Catherine and lived in this Rid enormous ridiculous mansion ridiculous house like this atrium with this pool yeah oh yeah there was a lot of tequila that night there was a lot there was some naughtiness there that was, was like so much naughtiness if michael john lacuse's wild party <laughs> and andrew lippa's wild party met, met and had a baby and yeah. decided to keep the baby. Totally. That was that baby. <laughs> um, yeah. But then years later, like you already started working. I remember like we would run into each other here and there, but then you booked the chorus line tour. Right. And I was like, oh, my little baby, my little baby brother, Jay. Oh, look at him. He's like working and living his dreams. And then we got to make our Broadway debut together. Which is crazy. So crazy. And not just like any Broadway debut. It was like hair. Hair. And like we marched on Washington for gay rights because it like 
marriage equality hadn't actually happened. And so it was like we were playing hippies, like protesting in Times Square, like going to rallies. It, it was yeah. like the most unbelievable experience of my maybe my entire career. Our so producers far. and the producers down at the Public Theater literally canceled a performance yeah. so we could go down to D.C., and march for marriage equality. Yeah. And also sing at the rally. We sang Let the Sunshine in after like Lady Gaga yeah, gave this Lady crazy Gaga. rousing speech. Yeah. I mean, though, to be to be real, I don't really know who Lady Gaga was yet. I kind of did because she went to NYU with me and my peers. Well, she- you're you're young, so you like you like cool things like pop music. <laughs> you know, you you like what they call, oh, that is a bop, or I stand that person. <laughs> I'm still learning because I'm not not young. I mean, kids in your show are like, oh, young. well, they're babies. Yeah, they, they were us. That was me when I was in hair. I found out that you were doing hair via Facebook. I forget what your status was, but I remember mine was sort of vague. It was like, I'm going to let the sunshine in, y'all. Well, it was like the Facebook statuses were like, Jay Armstrong Johnson is, and then you'd like fill in a blank. So yeah. like all the statuses were like, is making his power debut in hair. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, <sighs> we got to share a dressing room. Once again. Because we were swing sisters. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what a swing is, it is the hardest job on the planet. You're responsible for knowing every single part in the show, basically. Essentially. And Jay was there to basically cover Gavin Creel. That's a major Broadway debut. It was pretty crazy. Also, when I got cast in hair, they didn't know Gavin was going to be. Really? Yeah. I got cast before Gavin. Because I walked into that audition and I looked a lot like John Groff, who played Claude in the park. Right, they I mean, thought I it got, was going to be John. Absolutely. So I got, came up, I, people came up to me on the street during Spring Awakening and they'd be like, I love you in Spring Awakening. Like, Did they you say thought thank I would, you? Absolutely, every time. Work. <laughs> and so I knew I kind of had this striking resemblance to John Groff. So when I walked into those auditions, they saw Claude. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's how I got the role. And then they cast Gavin. Did you have your fro yet? No, I mean, I, it was kind of growing out-ish because I went for like the 70s shag thing for in a yeah, chorus line. Yeah. So I just didn't really cut it after I got it. And then it really, by the time we got to opening night, it was like its full glory. Crazy. Now for me, like the first, I don't know, four months of the show were really hard because I felt like such an outsider. Yeah. I mean, here was this company that just did it in the park and yeah. we're the swing team. So while they're like teching the show on stage, we're in the mezzanine Taking notes. Trying to learn the show. And like, also, like, I just, I was a little too shy. I wasn't really ready to put myself out there. Like, I felt like I was a part of something, but sort of like the distant cousin. Sure. That is weird and nobody really talks to. Totally. I mean, they're nice to because they have to. That's your distant cousin. Right. But I'm like the cousin that grew up on the hog farm and... (laughs) You know, like, <laughs> doesn't have many friends except the hogs. As if. No, I didn't really grow up on a hog farm, but that's how it felt for uh, me. I could have, to be completely honest. I lived like a mile away from one, at least. Of course you did. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Cow hog farm, farm, let's be real. <laughs> cow farm, ding, ding. But then the coolest part about hair was that, and a lot of other Broadway shows don't do this, is that they invited the swings in to do the Tony performance, mm-hmm. and they invited the swings in to do the original cast album, and so... You know, right after opening, when we were a hit and we were making money, like they really kind of ushered us into the family. And that's when we started going on for people. And so we slowly integrated our way into that hippie group. Speaking of going on, I'll never forget, we were decorating our dressing room. And it was a really good idea. Like we were going to paint the table red and like the doorway red or something. And 
it was really good on paper and it turned out to be not so good in real life. <laughs> um, but we were painting and the show was happening. And was it like, it was the song Hair. And all of a sudden, like, Gavin wasn't on stage, like he wasn't singing anymore. <laughs> do you remember this? No, not really. I do, because it was your, I believe it was the first time that you went on. Wasn't it mid-show? Yeah, well, I think he he was not feeling well on a Friday night performance. And, like, they came up in the show and they were like, just want to let you know, Gavin's not feeling well, so just be on alert. He finished that show. I went out drinking with Alex Brightman and... Jason Michael Snow till two in the morning, <laughs> and then and then Saturday morning at nine a.m. I get a phone call from Nancy being like, "You're making your Broadway debut today. Get your ass to the theater as fast as possible." That's amazing. <laughs> and we were in previews, so I'd never had a rehearsal. No, like I only knew the show from watching it. So I did the show via osmosis and an hour long put in with a stage manager on stage, and that's how I made my Broadway debut. That's so insane. What was it like? I don't remember it. I don't remember a second of it. And then in between shows, I got like two pages of notes. Of and course. My second show was just the worst. Of course. Just <laughs> like, was... oh my gosh, you were so good. Thank you for saving us. By the way, here's also. where you sucked. <laughs> exactly. Here is where the audience was rooting for Claude to die, <laughs> including myself. Oh my um, God. Yeah. But I remember watching in the back of the house and just sobbing for you, just watching you be the star. And also we were lucky because like Gavin is the first person that really taught me like if you're the lead, you're the leader. Right. And, um, you know, I'll never forget that experience. Totally. Me too. I mean, to this day. Do you remember the Tony Awards? Ish. I just remember being terrified. I remember oh, I that shaking that like video wall going up and all of us marching forward. Oh my god! And, and um, Liza was coming through. And us. Liza was coming through <laughs> us, and just this sea at Radio City, just like top to bottom of tuxedos. Yeah. And we were the finale of that like opening montage. Yeah, and <laughs> like you know, I remember being like, "Don't feel cocky," but. For whatever reason, it's just like, oh, we're going to win. Right. And then when the show did, we got to go on stage and accept it. Do you remember right. Anthony Hollick standing behind <laughs> oh my God. Oscar Eustace? Just like giving us memes for days. I mean, and literally. I think memes were a thing back then. Not yet, but like <laughs> Talk Soup picked it up. Because right. Anthony Hollick was in the ensemble of the show. And he is such a character. He had <sighs> this long, long, curly brown hair. Gorgeous. And though he wasn't stoned, he just sort of looked stoned. <laughs> you know, he was standing right behind Oscar Eustace, who was making the acceptance speech. And his face, it just looked like somebody gave a puppy 17 edibles. <laughs> and next thing you know, it's like all over television. Oh, yeah. Just like late night shows making fun of poor Anthony Hollis. Way to go, boo. <laughs> I mean, he did it. He really did <laughs> he it. He did it. But, you know, he was just like, I was just so caught up in the moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, we all were. We just didn't have a close-up on national television. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. tell me about Life After Hair, dude. Um, Life After Hair actually got sad because when it ended, like, it was like the end of my Broadway debut and, like, 
our tribe, half of our tribe had gone away to London. And, you know, it was kind of like this, it ended, it, it like wheedled off as opposed yeah. to like ending in like an explosion of glory. So it was, it was a little sad for me. And I think Gavin also wrote a song about hair ending where he like kind of went through this like grieving process because yeah. we like lost a family. It was also strange. Like that was our first experience watching a show close. Sure. And I don't know about you, but I remember so vividly, like the start of the show, the curtain falls down, the hippies run forward and are singing Aquarius. And I'm looking and I'm like, oh my God, there's 40 people in the mezzanine. Right. There's only 40 people in the mezzanine. Right. And I was like, Starshine, you better save those coins, girl. Girl. (laughs) And I remember like going, I think I even went to Gavin and I was like, Gavin, what does it look like when a show closes? And he was like, oh, it looks like this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm not ready to let go of this money. I, I spent so many years trying to get this. Right. And um, yeah, it was really sad. It was especially sad when that original company, when we were divided up yeah. and they went to London. Totally. And, you know, it was kind of like tearing little innocent siblings apart. Truly. That's what it felt like. Oh, yeah, definitely. And when the new company came in, they were so freaking talented, but they gave them like two and a half weeks to like get acclimated to each other and to like learn this intimate show. It's very like non-linear, like all about each character's interaction with each other. And so it was a bit of a learning curve for the whole company to like yeah. find that magic again that this original company had from their concert in the park that turned into a production in the park that turned into broad you know what i mean yeah so it was that then turned into the west end right what was your your next job after that was catch me if you can yeah. correct and you were standing by for aaron Tveit. yeah that's remarkable and the difference between an understudy and a standby is that the standby is only there for that one leading character and no one else what was swing. that like it was kind of like hair because I spent a lot of my time just backstage chilling with you guys. But the thing is, is that I never went on for the role. No, really? Not, not a once. No. Mr. Tivate was a workhorse. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it didn't run very long. I think we ran like six or seven months. But I remember us getting our closing notice. And I was like, oh, I will never play this role. That's so sad. Yeah. I'm like really trying to get the Muni in St. Louis to do Catch Me If You Can so I can finally play the role. <laughs> Best of luck to you and the Thanks. Muni at St. Louis. Can hey, I be guys, Norbert Leo Butts? How fun would that be? Hey there you, you <laughs> naughty teen. You better stop all that lying. You better stop all that flying. Whoa, oh, I'm really gifted. Um, <laughs> but what thrills me so much is that like after that, it was like, Stand by no more. Yeah. All of a sudden, you took off. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of... Is that weird to, for me to say to you? Ish, because it just felt like a little bit of like, a, oh, almost got off. Oh, we're getting... You know what I mean? Because I had to make a decision to stop going in for ensemble roles, stop going in for understudy positions, and even stop going in for standby positions to show the industry at large. Like, I'm serious about this. Like, I want to be a leading player. I think I have it in me. Because... Broadway saw me as the understudy for Gavin and the standby for Aaron. And that's yeah. what they saw me for for three years. So I really stopped 
taking ensemble tracks and I started doing more regional work and, you know, kind of going outside and doing some off-Broadway stuff so that I could build my resume as a leading player. And then Hands on a Hard Body happened. Which I think definitely put you on the map. And also, like... Fun. It didn't last nearly as long as it should have. Right. But all of a sudden, the world got to see you. Right. The world got to meet Kayala. Right. Did I say it right? Kayala, yeah. Okay, Kayala. Aloha, girl, if you're listening. Hey, girl. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That was remarkable, and that launched you to Quantico? Um, uh, on the town first. On the town? Yeah. How could I forget on the town? Because I remember... When Hands on a Hard Body closed, I was so devastated because it was my first role actually on stage mm-hmm. on Broadway. Opposite Allison Case from Hair. Uh, opposite Allison. Hilarious. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but it was also set in Texas, an hour away from where I grew up. Oh, wow. And so I wasn't just like acting on stage. I was just breathing. Like I was just like being my family from back home. So yeah. it was like Texas and home and heart and love. And so when we ended so quickly and so abruptly, it was like earth shattering. And then... I got an audition to go do like on the town at Barrington Stage Company for a summer stock, couple of months. And I was like, all right, all right, let's go. And then that turned into a Broadway show. I know. Which never happens. I know. And uh, I did a reading of it with Jay. Right. And I was so devastated that they didn't take me with it. I wanted to do another Broadway show with you. I forgot about that. I like literally, I had to sit Shiva over on the town, but I did see it many times and you were incredible, as you know. Thanks. And then Quantico happened. Yeah. That's insane. It actually is insane because I I stopped working with a manager halfway through like on the town. I was like, I'm going to take my own career by the balls and I'm going to make this happen. And I don't need a manager and I don't need this help. I'm going to do this. And then like on the town ended and I was like, well, damn, <laughs> I'm unemployed again and I don't have a manager. But then Quantico came around because the showrunner and writer of Quantico is a huge Broadway fan. Oh, my God. And so he'd seen me in Hands on a Hard Body. He'd seen me in So All he's a Broadway fan. Why the hell ain't there no, like, fat Jewish balding <laughs> Quantico person? Watch. Stop you, terrorist. FBI. I'm going to kill your family pets if you don't stop. Hey. I'm pissed. I should have been in that with you. I mean... I'll tell them to write you on when they bring it back. They are sizes. <laughs> sizes, homophobic, anti-Semitic. Um, they, they're going to pay for this. Um, and right now you're starring in my favorite Broadway show, Phantom, as Raul. Raul. How do you say it? Raul. 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 I always thought that Phantom just amuses me. Besides the fact that I'm obsessed with it, but I'm like, okay, so 
let me get this straight. The best music teacher on the planet, apparently, has found this ballerina girl and is like, she looks gifted. I know. Let me find a mirror that I can <laughs> give her lessons. And hopefully she'll stop by the mirror. Oh, wait, there she Yo, Christine and the Phantom. Oh I live in a mirror. You can't see me. But trust, <laughs> I know what to do. So trust here, Christine, JB, Christine, say, do a little vocal warm up like da 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 Sing, sing for me. Sing, angel of music, sing, and that's your lesson. Pro bono, pro bono. That's right. But that's your voice lesson. And then it's next thing you know, Madame Giry is let us sing for you, Monsieur. She has been well taught. Yeah, Madame Giry. She's shady. She's really shady. Well, I mean, you did you see Love Never Dies? I did. Yeah. That oh, that whole family, the Giri's, oh, yeah. Meg Giri, her, Madame Giri, Oof. what's her first name? Florence? Florence um, Giri? I don't know. Alexa Giri? Alexa. <laughs> 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 Tiffany <Yeah>. Giri? <laughs> Love Never Dies. But Christine sure does. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Yeah. How is Phantom going? Are you loving it? Yeah, I am loving it. I, you know, this is my first Broadway show where I've replaced, which is a completely different game. You sure. know, like when you're when you're opening a new Broadway show, you rehearse it with the company and you have a big opening night and then you run it and you hope to run. Yeah, this shit's been running for thirty one years. Amazing. Like, oh, I I am only like four months older than Phantom of the Opera. Are you really? Yeah, I was born in September of 87. Phantom on Broadway was born in January of 88. You're the same age as my real little brother. But oh, yeah, we've talked about you're this. You're the little brother that I always wanted. Well, and like RuPaul different. says, we make our own family now. Yeah, we do. We, <laughs> um, I really need to come see you in the show. Yeah, I need to come see you go on for Brooks. Oh, it's heaven. I'm sure. Don't I'm sure. tell Brooks this, but when I'm on for the character, the show soars. <laughs> It really takes off. I mean, oh finally, you're hearing the music <laughs> as it needs to be sung. I have a feeling you're going to go out of your way to show Brooks this particular I, clip. No, no. <laughs> Brooks and I are very close. He just... What I've been trying to teach him is you need to listen and respond honestly. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> oh, man. Oh but God. I love your show so much. Thanks, friend. I love it so much. Oh, thanks. I, one I, of these days. I love you so much. If you're ever on for a Wednesday matinee, yeah, like, I'll let you know. Shoot me a text immediately. I'm going to come see you on a Thursday matinee. Right. There's no getting comps to your show. You know this, right? Correct. I've been like, I've seen the show 87 times. It's Doomy. Yeah, Doom Angle. Andrew, Andy, look at Mommy. Mommy's not mad, <laughs> but Mommy wants a free ticket. Look. I'm in the show, and I'd like a free ticket to get yeah. my agent to come see Broadway's it. hard. Yeah, man. But if they were giving away free tickets, it wouldn't be running <laughs> for 31 yeah, years. Yeah, that's for sure. You know? Um, I want to go back a little bit. Uh, what was it like growing up in Texas? Ah, it was hard because it was the 90s, and like Will and Grace hadn't quite come out and like sure. made the gay agenda a thing. <laughs> you know, so uh, before I found theater, it was kind of like terrible like was your family religious pretty pretty darn religious we started out southern baptist which is like really religious yikes um, but then we went to a like a more liberal denomination where they where, where they allow female ministers no also homosexual ones ding dong oh, and not my, my church no, not mine 
Um, so that was kind of cool. And then like church became my like literal sanctuary from like the harsh reality of like the Texas public school system where if like you're not playing football and you're a queer, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, sure. So then I found, so like church led me to singing in the choir, which led me to theater, which then like led me to my literal rest of my life. What was the first show that you remember doing? A Midsummer Night's Dream, the rock musical. What? It's It was the coolest thing ever. I don't know. It was written. I don't even know who it was written by. Probably some, Andrew Lippa. <laughs> some like local, I think Texas artist that wrote this like 70s disco music to like Shakespeare, like okay. literal Midsummer Night's Dream. And I split the role of Puck between two other tiny humans. I was 12 years old. Who are those two other little bitches taking away my kiddos? <laughs> well, we split time. it on stage together, so we were like one unit moving all together. So it's not like we had. You oh, know what I mean? so it wasn't we were, like the red cast, blue cast, no, green cast. We were like all three, like the pucks, okay, together, which was kind Great. of fun. That's nice. Well, I I had to share a role once. Um, oddly enough, it was with Adam Lambert. Um, we grew up in the same town, right. and. Um, we split the role of Tom Sawyer in Big River. And in the number, How About a Hand for the Hog, for whatever reason, they made the Tom Sawyers hold a real pig. I know. And so I'm like halfway, it's my premiere, you know, performance. Sure. The like first time I get to go on. And I'm holding this pig and I'm doing How About a Hand for the Hog and the pig shits in my hand. Mm -hmm. And I forget Everything. Every of course you did. And I'm just standing there with a hand covered in shit. And I, you know, tears are in my eyes. And I don't know what to do. And so I just skip to the end of the song. I don't even wait for it to get there. I just skip. And I go, did it, did it, did it, thank you. And I walk off stage and I hand the pig to the handler. And there's Adam Lambert. <laughs> Giving me a slow clap. Of, oh, dear. And he goes, bravo, Josh. That was swell. And I flipped my little 12-year-old head off. But you did. And uh, we remained frenemies through high school. But then we met again on the Wicked Tour. Oh, and right. we became friends again. And now look at him. Now yeah. he's famous. Really small potatoes. Yeah. But, um, but he's so sweet now. Did you see his performance on the Share? Kennedy Center honors? No. Oh my god, it was good. It was crazy good. Speaking of like Queen and all that, you need to play Freddie Mercury. I would really like that. You would be incredible. Weren't you him for Halloween once? Or I was. Making that up? When ah! I was twin during hair. During hair. During hair because I made my costume backstage. That's insane. Right? God, you make me feel so lazy. What? You made a costume backstage. Josh, we literally sat on our ass for three hours a night not doing anything. That is not true. The swings, <laughs> the hair building, as you can imagine, was filled with shenanigans. Too much. We would have like <laughs> underwear parties. You name it. We did eight minute abs a lot. I don't think I did eight minute abs. <laughs> I think I did like my my ab, my one giant <laughs> ab is good enough for me i love it yeah you love a big girl yeah that's right you want some cushion you're hearing it firsthand on josh swallows <laughs> josh and jay johnson are getting married mm -hmm. <laughs> swallow that <laughs> yeah yeah take that mom um so when did you realize that performing was what you wanted to do it was 
there were two like major factors. It was the first day of tech for uh, a Midsummer Night Stream. I like walked out on stage and there was like the stage haze and like the really cool lights. And mm-hmm. I was like in a costume and I was, it was, I was fully transported into like a different magical wonderland. And I was like, oh my God, I have to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. And then the second time was when I did a Peter Pan with Kathy Rigby a year later. <sighs> She came to my hometown and they cast John and Michael locally. So I got cast as John Darling in Peter Pan. Oh my and God. And that was just like magical and fun because I was literally flying with Kathy Rigby at the Bass Performance Hall in yeah. Fort Worth. And then at the end of that process, I was handed a $300 check. And to 13 year old Jay getting $300 in his hand, I was like, oh, you can get paid for yeah, this. Right. And then that's when I was like, this is what I shall do. For the rest of my life. Did your parents let you have the 300 or did they hold on to it for you? I'm pretty sure mom cashed the check. Or she went, no, this is what happened. She wanted to go make a copy of the check. And then I never saw the check after that. <laughs> We're coming after you in Texas. We're getting him his $300 Linda, back. Linda, where's the damn check? Linda, where's the damn Linda. check? <laughs> um, I made... Uh, my first equity job, I think I made like two eighty a week, huh. and oh my god, I was like, I can quit my job. Oh, yeah. I can buy McDonald's for everybody. It was in Pennsylvania, so I was like, Wawa is on me. <laughs> um, you know, I really thought that I was going places. Oh yeah, well, and you were. Look, I guess you're sitting here doing a podcast yes, about Broadway, I am. baby. Yes, I am. <laughs> um. So, why don't we shift things and move on to our fan of the week? And because Jay is in Phantom, it is P H A N. That's right. Yeah, because I fan you. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we are going to talk to him in just a second. Awesome. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Oh, good. I'm so glad. I'm Josh. What's your name? Jacquez. Jacquez. Jacquez Robinson. Robinson, Welcome to the show. I am sitting here with my dear friend, Broadway's darling, Jay Armstrong Johnson. What's up, Jacquez? And we are going to talk to you. Now, let me get this straight. You go to AMDA right now and you're pursuing musical theater? Um, I go to AMDA and I am in a studio program. It's an acting program. Oh, nice. Oh, fantastic. Uh, that's great. How's it going so far? It's going great. Um, I'm getting the the exact training that I need to really be good as an actor on not only stage, but on TV as well. Oh, good. Fantastic. Cause TV is where you make money. True. Mm-hmm. Always remember that Broadway will change your year, but year, but TV will change your life. Okay. <laughs> um, cool. So what is your question for us, my friend? Well, I originally auditioned for the musical theater program, but got into the acting program. And they don't really, in the acting program, they don't really provide as much musical theater background and dance or singing as um, they do in their, in their program. And I just wanted to know, what can I do to get to the, to get to the level of training myself so I can be on Broadway, like be on prom? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, for me, I didn't finish school, so I did all of my training outside of an official university setting. So I think you can just take as many classes as you can, see as many shows as you can, um, dance. So many great dance studios are here. 
use that student discount that you can get and go for it. What about you, Jay? What's your experience? I kind of had a similar experience to you, but I went to a vocal program. And so I wasn't really getting the acting and the dance training that I wanted to get on my like schooling. And so I, and I didn't really have money to go take a bunch of classes in the city. And so in order to at least have an understanding of like my physicality, I went to yoga to the people um, to really get my like core strong and to get like strength and flexibility. And it was, it's a donation based studio in many of the places at yoga to the people. So that's how I stayed in physical shape and also became like a pretty good dancer because I was finding I was getting more strength and flexibility going to yoga because I'd never done that's yoga incredible. before. And then um, acting classes, um, I kind of learned by osmosis. I saw my favorite actors around there and like studied them. And then I like got a couple of books on acting that just kind of gave me a, um, a bit of a, uh, a basis for it. So I would just say, you're in New York, dude. Like you can literally study whomever you want. And there are, are really good places out there if you don't have the money that you can go get the training like if you want to like become a better dancer or stronger or more limber or whatever go to a yoga class or if you do have the money go to broadway dance center or go to steps on broadway especially if you're in the city use the city yeah absolutely because you're going to get better training than you know a great program that's in michigan but you you're here and also go to auditions like i went to as many auditions as i possibly could while i was in school because auditioning is such a different thing it's like different from performing it's it's different from anything else so if you get good at auditioning if your skills as an auditioner get better then i think it it gives you a like a rung up yeah in the business totally you know? and here's like a thought i don't know how your school works but if there is some fancy person coming in to do a master class talk to the school and say i would like to sit in and learn i would just like to watch you know i realize i'm not in that program but i would love to see this or make friends with those dance teachers say like i'm i can't do this for a grade but i would like to learn a little bit i'm in the acting program do you mind if i come in and observe or dance quietly on the side or whatever see, see if people are open to that and if i was a teacher at amta i would be like yes you can come and take my tap class, even though I don't really know how to tap. <laughs> I kind of did a similar thing. I At NYU, there was a dance teacher there, and we only had to take his class for a semester. But it was a good dance class, and it, it was getting me in shape for at least that semester. So I asked him if I could take it for no credit every single semester. And so I could just kind of drop in on the class whenever I wanted to. And that was another way to like keep my dance training up yeah. without actually having to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I also agree with what Jay said, like, watch your favorite actors, learn from them. But listen, uh, we are out of time, but I'm so glad that we got to take your call today. And um, yeah, best of luck to you. Please keep in touch and let us know how it goes. Also, if you have any other questions you think about, find us both on social media and shoot shoot us a direct message and be like, oh, I wanted to ask you guys this. And then I'm, I answer those kinds of questions all the time. So yeah. reach out and tell Amda to reach out to us. I'd love to come in and teach a masterclass. Yeah, so what I am, though, where's my money? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to meet you, Jacques. Yeah, it's so good to meet you. Nice Thank you, you so too. much. Have a great night, okay? Thank you. You too. Thanks, buddy. All right. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was so sweet. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he got teary. That's nice. Yeah. 
I haven't shed tears in over 17 years. Wow. That's a medical issue. Uh, yeah, probably. Jay, thank you so much for coming on the show. I love you. I love you. So much. You have to go see him as Raoul. Raoul Vicomte de Chagny. Okay. Bonjour <laughs> in Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, come on over to the Majestic. We're having a good time 31 yeah. years later. And when I'm on for Brooks, he'll he'll come with you to see the prom. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know we're celebrating our 13,000th performance on Monday? Stop it. Isn't that crazy? Has there is there anybody there from the beginning still? Um yeah, uh a few people in wardrobe and makeup. Hair, makeup, and wardrobe have been there since the beginning. That's crazy. I think crazy. a couple people backstage, maybe crew as well. That's amazing. Good for right? them. Right? <laughs> Broadway show with a pension plan. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Josh Swallows Broadway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Josh Swallows Broadway is produced by Alan Seals and Dory Berenstein. Photography for the show is by Michael Kushner. Make sure to look him up. He is my favorite photographer in New York City. The theme song is by myself and Anthony Norman. Want to be on the show? I'd love to have you. Email me at josh at joshswallows.com. Be sure to find me on Instagram at josh period layman. See you soon. Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying The Quiet Part Out Loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.